The Seven City Podcast is dedicated to interviewing artists in the Chicagoland area, their supporters and developers. Join us on our journey as we look at all aspects of the seven arts. Hi, Em. How are you today? I have a ton of energy today. The sun is shining. It is a beautiful day. I am feeling very, very like enthused about our guest today. So I'm feeling great. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your week. Did you have anything uh, crazy happening? Uh, yeah, we had. Okay. <laughs> so this past weekend, um, this past Saturday was my my husband's bachelor party because he had to cancel his last year. And of course. I got a phone call at 9 p.m. There was a deluge. Uh, we had this crazy weather in Chicago. Um, there was all this rain. Right. And in the middle of it, my husband called me to tell me that his party bus driver had held them all at knife point and forced them off their party bus oh in gosh. the middle of their bachelor party. So oh my gosh. I was like, oh, I'll come get you. And he goes, no, no, I just wanted to call you and let you know. We're going on to the next appointment. And they just stayed out the rest of the night. So like. <laughs> oh, wow. He's so. moments. Vince amazes me. I just. Oh, I adore him. <laughs> I want one day. I want to have his absolute swagger. He has the best swagger. I swear. But it just it made me laugh because they just were totally nonplussed. They were like, "Oh no, we called the police and it was fine. We're just all going to move on." And I was like, "Oh, for that confidence, what I would give." Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's going to make I, a great story later on. You know. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about that. You know, on stage someday. <laughs> Oh, he will. Oh, he's totally turning it into stand-up material. Uh, I can't wait. Uh Well, um, I am beyond delighted to introduce our guest today, Jue of Jue Ju Theater. And I'm just, come on in and say hello. (laughs) Our audience is excited to meet you. I am coming. <laughs> well, actually, that is a song that is in Asian Casadita. So, really, I am coming. Um, yeah, it was. It went like that. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's start with Asian Casadita. It was one of my favorite projects. I think I've seen from our cohorts to come out of our cohorts. Talk to us a little bit about the impetus for the project. Yeah, like the roots of it. Where did the concept really begin? Hmm. It began. It began from the exploration of who I am, like my private exploration of who I am artistically. Mm-hmm. Um, it first got connected to the Stop Asian Hate Movement in the mm-hmm. United States. It then routed back to how I felt unspoken. Oh. And what that means to me. And all this like seeking of meanings start to come to the forefront as in, okay, what does this mean? What does that mean? You know, being an artist... I am interested in what something means to me, 
instead of what something means to success, what something means to good, bad. Mm. It's very easy to fall into a pattern. Something is good, or I am successful. I embrace it and I launch my career. A lot of careers are launched this way beautifully. Somehow it didn't work for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it isn't that I don't want it or sound very like upscale or whatever. It just didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. So I had to find a path that would work. Right, very simple logic. So yes. I started to to dig in. Okay, so stop Asian hate. People are protesting. People are sharing their stories in their social media. Mm-hmm. People are louder. You know, it's it's a cultural kind of ethnic movement after Black Lives Matters. So, what does that mean to me? Also, being an immigrant, also grew up in China, splitted my life in three halves in China, Europe, and the U.S. Now. What does this mean? What does it mean to me being a male soprano? What does it mean to me being this splitted different parts of my life by mm-hmm. myself? And it started to come clear that it is clubhouse that I am exercising. I'm experimenting. Um, it was almost like a download message. Okay, I needed to check Clubhouse. You know, I sold my Android phone at the time; it wasn't available on Android. Mm-hmm. I got an iPhone, downloaded the app, got into it full time. <laughs> um, very <laughs> uncomfortable, tired, all that. In three weeks' time, of full time exploring this app, mm-hmm. I decided to launch. Asian Castadiva, as the first opera built for Clubhouse listeners. For people who doesn't know, who don't know what Clubhouse is, it's a social audio platform that has been quite popular nowadays. It's quiet down, but it is like an interactive podcast, like what we're doing. But yeah. you can see someone goes in, someone goes out. There are moderators, there are listeners. There are people on stage. There are people not on stage. Now they have this, you know, giving money function. They also have this new back channel function mm-hmm. where you can communicate via texts. So it, it's a platform like this. Hmm. People mostly are talking about NFTs. People mostly mm-hmm. talking about oh, how to be successful on TikTok, on blah blah blah. Five tips. Of um, I don't know, earn 10k in five days and whatever, you know, all those things, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like good, that's right. That's an environment that I'm looking for. I'm scared, but that's what I'm looking for, because I am not looking for an an environment that is full of performing arts. I'm not looking for a place that is already like filled. I'm looking for a new ground. That I don't have to constantly redefine what is what. I can just go there, claim mine, and start doing what I what I need to do. That's so although, so yeah, although it was scary, my body yeah. had tons of reactions because this is not how 
things are produced in my head. You know, this is not how good standards are born and all that. You know, a lot of like noises fighting against me. But um, at this point of my career and my life, I am ready to let some kind of downloading instincts act out. You know, that's one of my response to the Stop Asian Hate movement is my instinct, much more than how the stories happened in my life. Like, oh, here I got racist, there I got... I mean, people need to hear this, absolutely true. But for me, being somebody who have those experience and turn them into something that I share via my voice, perhaps there is a path that I belong to, or there's a path that is designed for me to share. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I just needed a whole new audience. I needed a whole new ground, a whole new way of production, a whole new way of challenging my comfort zone. Um, yeah, so it started yeah. there. That's the beginning of it. I so love I, it. I want to yeah. ask you, when you began crafting, because Clubhouse is such a different platform, and opera has always been you know, this very grand visual thing. So when you began crafting this opera on Clubhouse, what were some of the production values you had to consider? Like, how do you adjust a visual medium to a purely aural medium? Because you did. But when you started to conceptualize it, did you see or hear something first? How did you go about it? I went inside. I went inward. Um, Opera gives people an impression that it has big stages, has money, good singing, far, upscale, um, unapproachable, and all that. Um, that associates with the pains that I have experienced throughout my learning curve in conservatories, in London, in Holland, in New York, and all that. Um, I realized my relationship with opera isn't that. Is a very intimate one. Um, I always act this way, but when I'm in opera productions, the normal opera productions, I often find it's hard to talk to my colleagues. And now, you know, look back, I realize it is this relationship. So how to clarify my relationship with my voice, with an opera production, with my desperation being who I am, things started to, to start to, to burst, to burst a little bit. And, and my job is to let it out. A lot of times that I don't let it out because I'm too clever. Like I just control it before it can outburst. You know, like people do it. We all are quite clever. Humans are clever. You, we know how to hide fears. We know how to say something to please people, right? But that yeah. isn't raw. That isn't that private inward motion. And um, for me, Clubhouse is great because mm. it's, it's just like nothing to lose, really. You're, you're in front of your laptop, in front of your phone, naked, at home, and you do it. So it's almost like um, a lot of times you wear a mask. You suddenly let go of something, right? You let go of your, your external image, your, your wittiness, your whatever, um, then you, you show something that's more honest. And um, I believe 
opera came from an honest place. It's losing it hmm. uh, in the tendency of um, oh, we need to preserve this. We have this way. This voice is you know a spinto. That voice is a dramatic tenor. You know, it's a lot of labels, right? So yeah. Yeah. With, with all these labels, quality start to come out, but it also start to lose the connection with the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So I, yeah, go ahead, Joanna. No, I was just going to say how interesting it is. Our our audience really connected with us this season. We felt like because we were able to be genuinely um, vulnerable in our own homes, you know, in the camera and, and with our voices, it was easier to be vulnerable um, and I think that really just hit a nerve with me, what you just said. Mm. <laughs> it was like, I feel, I feel, I feel the same way. It's something mm-hmm. so um, freeing to be able to just share in a different way. Mm. There's no one, ex- there's no expectations uh, ahead of you. Like there it's are so- when we're in the, when in the room with everyone else. Yes. When you take away the physical aspect of having another person in the room, it sometimes it makes it harder to sing. But when you take away the visual aspect, for some reason, it seems like it's very, very easy for a lot of us to experiment and play with our voices more. And that's something that I really loved about Asian Casta Diva was there was that sense of experimentation and playfulness. And you had moments of really deep sorrow, too. It was very expressive. Well, tell us a little bit more about you. Speaking of, you know, connecting with audiences, tell us more about Jue as an artist and as a person. What is it about it? (laughs) (laughs) We were saying three different parts of your life in the U.S. and in Europe and, uh, you know, in China. Tell us about what it was like studying music in all those different places and the different focuses that you saw and the difference in, you know, timbre and tone and preferences and such. Mm. Ooh, the change is a little big. <laughs> I was last doing oh, that in really? multiple place, but I do want to answer you, but let me, let me, I want to create a transition for us here. Ooh. Is that um, when Joanna talked about this vulnerability and hitting the nerve, I think this is what theater needs to do so that it's mm-hmm. safe. You know, like if you're really doing it in your real life, it isn't safe, it's life-threatening. You know, when emotion goes too big, too small, you know, it, it, it's hard to control a lot of things. But on theater, things, be, because of that safety net or that distance that this is for theater, it starts to summon something that we've been hiding. And Asian yeah. Castadiva for me is that. Also, that one person view, it's always the view, in fact. It also depending on the type of artist I think I am. I'm a creative type. A lot of my colleagues, they are not the creative type. They love doing the same thing again and again. They love mm-hmm. be told what to do. They are content mm-hmm. about this, right? And um, in the history of opera, 
it kind of shows that the mainstream of what an opera singer should be is this type. A bird. I think moving forward, like Joanna, like Emily, like like me myself, I I treat this type is a creative type that we are born multifaceted, that we are born curious in many aspects of something. Then where mm-hmm. does this fit in this opera world? Well, if it's nowhere, that's great. So let's create it. You know, um, I, I feel like this is very important for many years. Now, routing back to Emily's question, for many years in China, in Europe, in the U.S., the first thing for me was to please people. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, that's what happened. Please people. I know exactly how to please people. I would try very hard, mostly harder than anybody around me. Um, I also try a lot to adapt. Right? Imagine I was born in China. But then you know I have this high male voice. It fits nowhere, right? Not like in the West, you have this countertenor, castrati. These things you you kind of like fit in, and people know. Oh, you may be able to do this, this. So I was alienated. When I was in Europe, I was in London for five years, Holland for two, Italy for one. Many restarting, many kind of. Oh, I'm an alchemist. I am, you know, a foreigner. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong, you know, wrong. In the U.S., slightly better, but I still have this huge obstacle as a system in an institution to fit in, and I'm really not built to do that. I'm built for the whole system to fit me. Well, it took me like thirty years to understand that, but that's the truth. I need to tell myself, and it is possible. It sounds like, oh, why would you do that? Why would you say that? Or how is that possible? It is possible because, after all, it's humanity. The voice, if it's not connected to your own angle of humanity, it's fake. Yeah. And you hear many fake voices on stage. It's fine. People seem to be fine with it because they are lacking of education. Why? Because they all really easily fit into systems. They are not fighting, so the system fits them. That's why it's mm-hmm. losing it. That's what it's I say. So interesting. I saw something today. Somebody had a um, a, a description of um, some book that they had read, and the book said um, you're supposed to approach as a contractor, as an artist, as somebody who's hired, you know, for a gig. You're supposed mm. to approach every gig as a stepping stone or a rung on a ladder to the next best gig, right? And that's how you build your careers. Every gig is just the next step. And they mm. said, what if instead of doing that, we looked at every gig as the most important job ever? Not, you know, we know it's not the most important, but right now it is the most important thing. And Mm -hmm. if we're doing that, then we can delight and play and experiment because there's not all that weight and pressure on you to go to the next step. And you're absolutely right. Like, I feel like in America, it's very um, stepwise motion for, uh, for artists. It's almost as though we're still in that guild where you've got to join the union and then you get a stamp and then you go under the young artist program and then you get another stamp and then you've made it, you've done the thing. And it doesn't, it's not that, it doesn't work that way. No. I think it's quite a global thing in other industry as well. There's always a path that goes to the podium, but then you don't need to actually know what your podium is. So the sadness <laughs> comes from you at the podium. Then you realize, Oh, that's not the podium that I wanted. 
Well, that's, you know, yeah. that happens all the time, everywhere, every, you know, second. Well, yeah. And because there's a next, there's always a next step. You can't ever relax and you can't ever enjoy yourself. Like Emily was saying, and I honestly think Joy, that you haven't, you're not trying to create the system or, or change the system to, to fit you. I think you're creating a new system altogether. Yes. That's my opinion about it. Oh, I, love <laughs> I love how you said some of my colleagues are very content to do the same thing over and over. How many times have we heard someone say, I'd be happy to sing nothing but Mozart rolls the rest of my life. And right. that's fine. I, I would really encourage any listeners out there who's ever had that little voice in the back of their head go, really? Please explore that. Please explore that because that's important. That's telling you that, you know, you have that curiosity and that drive. To do something like Asian Castadiva, which is so, it was such an amazing experience. Mm, Thank you. What do you see next for it? Next for it, I'm preparing my next programming on Clubhouse. So basically, Clubhouse has become my venue, right? It has become uh, a showcase, a showroom of, of me as an artist. And I'm happy it turns into this way. The next program on Clubhouse is called Pure Voice, Pure You. It's a vocal masterclass series for people who have a devotional quality, aka teachers, spiritual leaders, you know, all these people usually Mm -hmm. teach people would be a student in this masterclass series. And we are exploring the deepest part of who they are. You know, normally the light shed on their talents, say if someone has ability to read your life, to read your energy, right? That's their talents. That's their kind of like connection with, with beings, with something. But the light are not shedding on them. And I feel like they may want that. They may want one day the light would shed on them instead of what they are teaching or what, they, what their connection is with the beings. Um, so I develop this sort of design with me sharing knowledge through the medium of human voice with three students at a time. And I'm challenging them. I'm bringing out their fears because there they have their blueprints of who they are. Right when you are when you are as a teacher, you must try to get rid of that so that you can shed your light on other people's lives, etc. So in Asian Casadiva, I shed the light to myself to the deepest part of who I am. It's quite hard to understand at first. It's abstract. It's emotional. It's electronic, operatic. You know all these unusual labels mashed together. This one. Voice masterclass, you know, exploring lives through voice. Human actually does it all the time from the beginning of the history till today, never stopped. You see in politic, political environments, you see in, you know, in making deals, in hotel entertainment, not even talk about talent shows, you know, performing arts, etc. Voice is being used all the time. Right. Yeah. So this is a more approachable, quite a leap from Asian Castadiva, this pure voice, pure you. Also, this name is not come from my brain. So I kind of like 
Ew, I don't like it. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's like fine. You know what it is, right? It's cliche, a little cliche. But、uh, it's an experiment. So okay, that first layer is that I want to shed light to those devotional people because they deserve it. Second is I want to take up this challenge, as in how marketable am I willing to do? How understood I can accept as an artist? I think it's time. I feel like through previous journeys, I、mm-hmm. access. I never give up. I try access access again and again of my identities, of my true voice, my inner voice, my physical voice. Now it's time for me to think about how to descend from this other world place. Can I descend on human world, and what it means to get the metrics up, what it means to get a brand up, what it means to attract people using these very Collab, uh, um, cooperative, commercial strategies. Can I still be myself? So that's my next programming called Pure Voice Pure You. It's going to start with teaching in Chinese of three spiritual leaders. One is is a is a Mayan decode interpreter. The other、mm-hmm. one is a professional yoga teacher. The third one is a、uh, It's a person who developed his own brand, as in connect with people through through vibrations. So these three people would all join on stage on Clubhouse, and I'll be connecting with them one by one, bring out their fears, bring out discomforts, and eventually this will resolve in some kind of knowledge and observations. That's so fascinating. <laughs> Really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I love this. This is this is a deep exploration of who are you and what does your voice bring to the world and、yeah. what does it mean to you. Yeah. I and you know in a world right now where in a world,、uh, but in a world <laughs> now where everybody is teaching business classes to singers, and it's all you know, make your brand and how marketable are you. You're really, you're really asking the other question, which is the human side of it. Like,、mm. what? I'm not a product, so when I'm marketing myself, how far can I go before I lose who I am as a human being? Yeah, right.、That's、exactly. Such a great question, Jua, and nobody's asked that yet. Yeah, and they like, I, I, I am asking myself that. It's quite a. Again, I am. My body has reactions like, "Ooh, I don't like that." Ooh, cliche. Oh, that people doing it. Oh, I'm not this. You know, all these noises start to come, and I know it's right because I feel、yeah. like this comes from my fears. This comes from a pattern that my body knows, right? So, so now I'm breaking that pattern again, and I really, really like what Emily has said about this, and and I feel like it's basically normally. You know, for musicians, oh, how to be marketable, how to be whatever, and I'm using this how to be marketable as the experimental tool. I don't know about it. Let's see, until that I can't be myself anymore, then I know it doesn't work. Instead of like going to a class, at, oh, number one, number two, number three, and you're gonna yawn and you're gonna sleep and forget everything.、Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I I also love the idea of 
just experimenting and how you're leaning into the fear and you're encouraging other people to do that too, as though it was an everyday occurrence, you know? Mm. A, a lot of singers will psych themselves up for auditions or shows and then, you know, they talk about, oh, they're leaning into the fear. Oh, that's like one thing that you do every six months. You're doing it every day mm. to get yeah. used to the feeling of it and and you're finding joy in that leaning into the fear. That's mm. so brave and I really... I just, I'm fascinated by your work that you do. I, I find you fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I, yes. the reading that I've been doing lately suggests that like happiness or, you know, whatever we think of as happiness is actually achieved when we lean into the feelings that we're feeling right now and explore them, understand them, try to express them versus, you know, ignoring them, which is what uh, I feel like society tells us to do all the time <laughs> yeah you must be happy pretend to be happy all the time but or you must be producing something or you yeah, must fit within the system something. like Jewess said yeah. if you're not fitting within the system then you're not good or you're not judged of value or worth yeah, yeah. i really love what joanna has said about me about me creating a new system yeah i do like that and i do want that of course, it feels different. I mean, it feels quite different. I don't feel like I'm doing it, but it often happens this way. It's like singing, right? You feel like, ooh, the voice sounds ugly inside, but people, when they hear you, they hear beauty, you know? So mm -hmm. it's always this deficit that we need to somehow figure out how to make the balance. Oh, and, and for me, indeed, I go very, like, deep. I just... I basically like think about deep sea, like the, the, those fish that live just on the, 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 you know, the deepest part of the sea. And that's kind of more me. The way that I think are very complicated. And it took me many years to understand that is okay. You know, like mm -hmm. my mother, my mother is not a complicated person. She's a charming, simple, emotional person. <laughs> um, she would <laughs> always think, oh, that's bad. Why are you thinking so complicated? India. And then I also meet voice teachers. Oh, relax that. You know, just sing it again. Why are you thinking? Stop that. Yeah. And so because it's so far away from me, I started to realize um, for my life, I need to find my own answers. And in order to do that, I need to be determined enough. Otherwise, it's not going to come. The deficit is so big. I mean, imagine... If someone is a little less complicated or someone has met, like for me, if I met Emily and Joanna earlier, let's say like seven or eight years earlier, it would happen very differently. You know, I oh, yes. was designed to maybe set alone to really, really understand my determination, how to form it, how much is enough, right? Mm -hmm. And then for me to have a path that's exclusive to me, then I can walk on it. I can go through all these. Then now I have the tools to help others to see or to be easier with their fears. You know, I feel like, isn't this what the beginning of opera was? It's about more like having a new system, more like about expressing something that has not normally been expressed. 
and mm -hmm. yeah i am feeling like this so that's what i'm sharing yeah on that level mm. it, it brings me back to what's the whole point of theater and music right mm -hmm. and it, it originally when you strip it all down to it it's communication right and when you think about story. it when you go to the theater it's to practice empathy, right? I mean, human mm. beings are not born with empathy. We have to teach empathy to small children. But the whole point of sitting in the dark and experiencing a sad story or a happy story or a thriller that ends, you know, in triumph, all of these stories, the whole point is to practice empathy as a group and to identify mm. and experiment and play. And I think you're absolutely right with that. Like, I think we've we've overlooked that in in pursuit of some system i guess i don't know but I, I i'm so interested to see where this goes me, me too. too yeah <laughs> yeah oh at the same time so many so yeah um okay joanna please no i was gonna say i i have a few questions i'd like to ask you but i'd like to hear what you have to say first no please do okay these are the questions I love to ask. So here we go. Um, what is the project you're most proud of? Asian Casta Diva. I love that. It's hands down one of the best pieces of art I've ever experienced. Ooh. I know. Ooh. <laughs> 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 How do you define yourself? Do you define yourself as a performer or as a producer or just as an artist? How do you think of yourself? Yeah, this is a great question. I don't know. But there was a presentation <laughs> like I was grouped by a lot of other people. And then they all say, I'm an artist. And I'm an artist. I, I like heard 10 times. I suddenly got angry. And then I said, when is my term? I said, I'm not an artist, but I do what an mm -hmm. artist does. <laughs> and because um i feel like how to classify myself and tell myself a lot to do with what these words are already been defined so and and for me it, it it's a journey that i i meet people like you i meet people like people who are helping me for asian casadiva pure voice pure you I need to hear yes. what people think I am so that I can meditate on them. Sure, I can sing. Sure, I perform. Sure, I produce. Sure, I direct. Um, it is important. A very important thing for me is if I say I'm a singer, how I am automatically be put into a league of something that yes. I have to redefine. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ugh, tiring. Yeah. You know? That system already exists and they're sticking you in it and you have to redefine it from the inside out. That's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. And um, talking about this a little more niche about countertenor. So I officially have announced to many people that I'm not a countertenor, but Ooh. I went into a conversation. So this person I met for the first time and she seems she has been in the opera world for many years, full time, and she decided not to do it, right? Whatever. I don't know. I don't like her to start with. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, I say, yeah, if you have to talk about opera, I'm more of a male soprano. And she said, well, that's countertenor. 
And I say, no, it's not. And she said, yes, that is. I was like, oh, okay, that is not. Yeah, that's it. I'm just going to win. <laughs> I need to win that. But the thing is, all these terms, again, for me, the most important thing is, if I say I'm this, I automatically surrender to let you put me into a label. Yeah. I am slightly, slightly not sure what labels I'm more okay with than the others. You know, at this point, like even I'm saying, if I'm an artist, oh my god, a lot of labels are put to me because how many people right now claiming they're artists but they are not, right? Yeah, right.、Um, in the in the tradition of countertenor, the range. The tambra, tessitura, I do not fit into that, right? But nowadays have a different understanding. If you use your falsetto, if you sing opera, if you do handle, you are a male. You sing high, you are countertenor, right? So it's more like the scientists. They need to understand all these theories that are incomplete. Imperfect、mm. to actually come to get a new theory that would actually update what it is. I am in that process. I'm trying to、yeah. find what I am and what words to use. And in 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 the meantime, I don't know. I needed to say like if、uh, next time people ask me what do you do, I was like, oh, ask Joanna, <laughs> ask Emily. <laughs> I don't know. Ask them. <laughs> They know. Power labels have power. Systems and and names have power, and、yeah. that's something that human beings have known all the way back to the beginning. I had a teacher in grad school who I never realized this until my last year when I was taking、um, pedagogy classes with her. But she looked at us all and she said, "You must never use a descriptive word with your students first." You must let that student use that word, and that's what you choose. Because if you give them a word, it could mean something completely different to them. And she used the word、um, "buzz." She's like, you know, I I asked this student, "Do you feel the buzz in the front of your face?" The buzz to me could be something completely different to her. And then she's trying to desperately achieve that that word or that sensation that I've given her when it will never be that because her body is different. And it's the same thing with technique. We do. We we try to put everybody in this vocal technique box. Everybody has to sing the same way, right? You've got good、mm-hmm. technique. You've got bad technique. It's only recently that singer teachers、uh, have coaches have started talking about you need to be able to experiment and find the technique that works for your individual body, because your body's not going to be the same as Farinelli's was in 18th century. Italy. So why do we think the terms male soprano countertenor would somehow stand up when nothing else has? It's crazy. I I'm so impressed with you. <laughs> I want to respond to the language thing.、Um, last time when I was talking to Joanna, I mentioned that every time when I see a student, my initial interest is to build an exclusive vocabulary for this exploration. Yeah. You know, an expiration may have an expiry date, even if the same person, same lighting, same feeling would still change. You know,、yeah. what vocabulary would actually trigger you to go to the place, 
right? And for me, as a guide, as a teacher, it's my responsibility to seek multiple ways to actually observe, listen very carefully how a mind-body relationship is. And then the word becomes just a, a, a signature. It becomes a documentation. It's like the doctor writing those, oh, you need it, you know, by writing something down. It's like that. To me, it's very important because, you know, it goes back to my cultural background, this split itself. Everywhere I go, people use English differently, not even talking about somebody's language, their first language is not English and all that. What kind of cultural confusions, cultural, you know, shocks it would be in describing something, you know. I kind of yeah. think I'm, I'm, I'm really a big supporter as in the language is a guidance. The language is a reference. You know, what it represents changes. Nowadays, things are fixed. They are fixed forever. And that seems to be something that I'm interested in exploring. Okay, so if you are so fixed, how do I unfix you? you know? Yeah. Well, I will tell you right now, I'm taking a, um, a jazz workshop and it's all opera singers. Watching opera singers try to understand the concept of <laughs> experimentation <laughs> and scatting is, I'm sure, like, if you took a recording of all of our faces and just played it with no mu- with no sound, it would be hysterical. Like we're all just so puzzled by this because we're like, but the song exists. It's already been written. It's there. And we're so used to being told, sing exactly what's on the page. It feels like you're breaking a rule or you're doing something wrong because you've been mentally conditioned to do it that way. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like just watching people and their eyebrows jump. It's hysterical. Joanna, I, I want to yeah. go back to that question that you asked me. That second question. Can you help me to answer a little bit from your angle? From my angle, I would say you are a being from another world that yeah. is here to help us process who we are. Ooh, again, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I love that. I think of you your, as a concept. Yes. <laughs> your spirit, your experimentation led your following to become spiritual, which I think is so interesting because I don't think that was your original intention. Not at correct? all. Correct. And, but, but it makes total sense to me because people started, people really love the idea of exploring themselves, not just, uh, not just in the, the standard ways, you know, therapy or, I mean, I think therapy is great. Just want to be clear, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, therapy and, and conversation with friends, but, but really pushing the boundaries of, of how we think about ourselves and, and what, what it means to be, to exist, not just to be an artist or to be an opera singer, but what does it mean to be a being and in this place? <laughs> normalizing yeah. that conversation and making it right. to where it's not like some 
extravagant thing and it's okay to say I don't know who I am and I'm figuring it out like yeah I think of you almost like Ariel out of the Tempest you're like this this spirit who blows in and makes my life a lot happier and sunnier and then you blow out (laughs) when you think about um great religious texts uh all of the the deities they're in talk about themselves in much um much larger concepts than than the small way that we think about being a human being you know yeah. and not that that's small at all but I, I you know I think about um the the Judaic God talks about being I am you know I am which means to me just everything and everywhere and, and everyone like that is what that concept means to me, you know? And I, and I think that that um, kind of largeness feels more right to me. (laughs) If that makes sense. I don't know. It might not, it might be too conceptual. I'm I'm swimming in your words. Yeah. Thank you for giving me an ocean. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I mean, the way you talk about, okay, so Joy and I are talk all the time and I so enjoy it because the way you think about concept fascinates me. And when you talked about um, your, your play space and what a theater would look like for you, thinking about um, the ocean the black ocean and then there was a pink heaven and there was um I'm forgetting the something in the middle but it just it it really helped me feel the vastness of the way that you think of yourself and 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 the vastness of the way that you think of creativity um so yeah, that's that's my answer. <laughs> Thank you. I really, yeah. really enjoyed that. I feel enlightened. So that's what I, you know, believe. I feel like, again, every path, it's individual. I feel right. like I need people like you to, actually, I need to hear what you have to say about me. And I feel like that's, a sincere wish that sometimes on theater it's not it's not present this sincere Mm. wish of I really want to know what you think about me why can it be on theater more (laughs) meaning what I what I mean by that is I give you I give the context it's like you go on stage it's so composed right you're singing this you're singing that you rehearse this you rehearse that there's no yeah. time to actually ask this question and let it sit long enough so the answers come. It's always almost all the productions are really worried and it's fear-based and just gives yes. the answer that it's the best, you know, it's the best. This is the best answer. Do it. Take it. It's great. Mm-hmm. And it comes best something so pretty. Yeah, so pretty, so have. like satisfying but it's gone it's gone the moment the show stops 
Well, and oh, that, yeah. yeah, that comes down to what the actual uh, what the actual purpose is, right? And the mm. actual purpose of those productions is to make money. Yeah, they're they're absolutely they're they're not hiding that at all. They're very upfront about it. Right. And that's the reason why a lot of the theaters that are returning already are doing these no offense vapid works. We're seeing repeats of the same thing we've seen before. There isn't a lot of thought going into a lot of the um, you know costumes or what because people are exhausted and they don't have a lot of room to think. What you're right. talking about is honest theater. It's a vulnerable, open conversation with the audience, and you're looking for actual communication. That's a connection that is missing from a lot of modern day, larger productions that we're seeing. And I think that that's, that's what makes you so unique. And that's what makes you so attractive to a lot of people is because you honestly do want to know you're, you're not going to throw a fit if a reviewer writes a bad review and says, this was weird. And I didn't understand it because you honestly don't care that, that they didn't understand it. You just wanted to know that they didn't understand it. It doesn't hurt your feelings. It doesn't, you know, destroy the production Mm -hmm. okay you didn't get it but somebody else might have like i find that so refreshing that you are so genuinely secure in who you are and genuinely secure that you're not quite sure what you're doing but you're gonna get that where you're gonna want to be and you're gonna enjoy yourself along the way that it doesn't matter like what anybody else thinks but you still genuinely are curious and want to know i love that about you i think that that is a very unusual thing to find in a human being and I think that's what makes you so unique as an artist and really makes your work speak to so many people on whatever platform you choose to put it on is is that honesty and that that genuine curiosity Mm, thank you I I, yes Joanna please and so Juet I wanted to ask you where can our listeners find you so that they yeah. can follow you on Clubhouse or on social media um, and enjoy the work that you produce? Um, my website is jue.com, J-U-E-H.com. There you will find my Instagram, my Facebook. My Clubhouse link is not up there yet, but if you go to my Instagram or you go on Clubhouse, you search Jue, J-U-E-H, you would find me. But, yeah, no buts. I think that's good for now. I was trying to, how do I, how do I make it a little, a little like off the hook? But I realized, okay, I don't need to do that. That's fine. <laughs> Jue, do you have any uh, final thoughts for us as we, as we, enter the rest of our days Mm. well first i really want to thank emily and joanna for having me i feel like um for having me is one thing but for giving me an ocean to swim for trusting and for accepting who i am it's another layer Uh, i kind of think um i treasure that and i will remember Mm -hmm. that um, another note I want to share is in response to what Emily has just said, um, is this honesty, curiosity, um, that you think I have and that how it makes me unique. I want to respond to that because I think we are all trying to be honest 
In fact, in the marketing level, many, many, many shows are saying they are honest. They are showing their vulnerability, but they are not successful. Someone, I, I, I have a system in me or in my exploration. What is it working? You know,、mm-hmm. if it's working, how do I improve on something that's working? If it's not working, how do I quick, quickly enough change? And how do I not be afraid of changing? And how quickly I can change makes all the difference. People think about honesty, success, and people win Oscar, win a lot of things because they suddenly have a you know some kind of realizations. A lot of beautiful stories and all that. That means a periodical success. It doesn't mean it's working. What is oh, working? Really it's、smart. a lifelong, it's a lifelong exploration, and how one is on stage and commits to that exploration is important. People use words all the time. They use different hooks all the time. Is it working? Are you able to face it? If you're not able to face it, can you find a team of people who will support you that you can? I think these are very important things to think about for theatre, for making arts, and to look to the future instead of just right now. What is working? What is not working? What people are doing? Think of the future. Think of Bach. Think of Van Gogh. People in the past, at their lifetimes. Nobody understood them. Their values were only understood hundreds of years after. Think more than one lifetime, and a soulful satisfaction is really needed because it's very hard to achieve in real life. It's easier on stage and in making art, and we must try harder. On that sense, that's what I want to share. It's beautiful. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be like a. I, I could print that out and put that on my wall as a printout. That's you're brilliant. I love spending time with you. I I thank you so much for being here today. I love spending time with you. Thank you for listening to the Seven City Podcast. You can listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio apps. Our producer is Elijah Lee. Join us September 10th for the Spirituals with Friends at Lincoln Park Presbyterian Church. If you'd like to support Core Productions, find donation options on our website, coreproductions.org. Thank you again for listening.